0: Season five, episode one, recorded November twenty-fourth, twenty nineteen. for the first time in years SW can call champion. Kyle, this is season five.
1: This is season five. I- I'm proud of us, Brent. I- I'm really proud of us for getting back here and doing this. I'm
0: a little less proud of us given how long it's been. We've already five games deep. Okay, so
1: let's let's address the elephant in the room that it has been a long time since since we recorded.
0: Yeah. But Yeah. Yeah.
1: We're still doing this. Or the, the frequency with with which we do this has changed. As as have our our lives and our live situation since we started this with season 1 back in 2015, I believe it was.
0: Something like that? That's yeah. about right.
1: Yeah, 2015. Uh obviously interest in the program isn't at the level it was then either. Hey,
0: I'm st- I'm still pretty hyped up after last night, but all right.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I think the start to the the 2019-2020 season has been has been pretty solid and and we're going to talk about that, but but just to understand we, we very much appreciate uh those of you who have stayed with us these 5 seasons and yeah had had a few people ask me at homecoming is what's going on with the podcast and and I was honest I gave the answer I I just gave all of you that uh yeah we're we're still in it just um just have to deal with with things with work and kids and and everything else. All but per- it's good to be back.
0: Personal attacks on Kyle here. Yeah, we are busy people but we are glad to do this and glad to hear to be back. So I am personally excited about the home games. I haven't been to as many of them as I wanted, but we got some new seats this season and I am loving it. So we're in the, we're behind the bench in the second level, but the second row of the second level, which you know is like right there. I mean, right behind where the, uh, where Reverend where Pastor Paul sits yeah. down there. Yeah, so great angle. I'm loving it.
1: So, so I'm the opposite. I actually made the difficult decision not to renew my season tickets. And that's, that- and
0: that's why we haven't recorded in a while partly
1: so yes but uh you know i i i actually did the opposite of what most season ticket holders did when the moody reseed happened i i upped my mustang club donation and upgraded my seats and that was to me a gesture of good faith to more the the past and the memories that the the program had given me the past couple of years when honestly, I felt like I was underpaying for my my season tickets. so I, I'm going to go game to game this year. i the The other thing is a lot of the home games, just with my schedule now. A lot of the home games, I, I just wasn't going to make it to, especially non-conference. But just uh, the
0: Renaissance man right now. You're... Yeah,
1: yeah, just a lot of irons in the fire. But uh, I'm going to go game to game. I'm going to bring my son to some games, and again, it's not like seats are in short supply. And
0: and the big draw, the big draw for the kids, the snow cones, man. The snow cones set it off. I mean, every time we go to one of those, we come home, and my son Briggs just has like blue face everywhere. You got gotta get the blue flavor. That's the best, man.
1: Yeah. And looking at the football games, it's really the the bounce houses
0: too. Can can we get a bounce house in Moody maybe for the kids? Is there room for that? Sure. Probably a little shorter line than there is at the football games uh, based on what I've seen so far. Uh, And so Kyle, before the season started, you actually were able to go to one of the events. I had a conflict with work. But tell us about it.
1: Yeah, so I, I went to the uh, the opening preseason dinner at the Miller Club, which in the past has been a a paid event, I, around a hundred dollars a ticket.
0: I went last year. It was it was a pretty cool
1: event. Yeah, yeah, and this year it was too. I, I'd actually never been in the Miller Club. You know, we're we're regular fans. We're not the the high dollar. We're, donor types. Are we,
0: are we blue collar? I don't. I don't think we fit that description exactly. But no, we're, uh, maybe not. We're, but we're not Miller Club.
1: We're, we're not. We're not Miller Club. We don't have Miller Club money. But anyway, first time I've been in the Miller yet. Club yet. yeah, aspirationally for sure. But uh, anyway, the it was it was a good event. Uh, had a nice dinner there. Um, quite a few fans showed up, and there, there was a lot of interest. So the uh, coach Jankovic introduced the coaching staff and uh, showed some film from practice of and and talked about a lot of the new players you know a ton of new faces on the team like we talked about last time and also gave several updates on uh former
0: mustangs and the pros so 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 kyle we haven't talked about this before were there any excuses yes there there are always excuses yes of course okay yeah always other than the other than waivers
1: uh, other than waiver, yes. Yeah, yeah. So he was talking about okay. Trend, we're we're now in an era where I, I'm. Coach Jankovic said I'm excited we can have a full full practice now and just a lot of guys, a lot of new faces to you, manage. You say and,
0: that I hear. Bah, 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 right bah. and
1: and. Again, I think the the five and O start to this season has has told me that there there is a lot of fresh talent on this roster. and And my my thought process the first couple games was I'm just going to I just want to observe and just kind of see what what's working and what kind of potential is should I should I get excited and if so, how excited should I be?
0: Well, that's what I had a hard time. Everyone's asking me before the season started, how are we going to be this year? I'm like. I don't know. We'll see. There's so many question marks. There's so many guys who haven't played in our, in our team, but they also haven't, haven't played together at all. And on top of that, we didn't know who was even going to be allowed to play by the almighty NCAA.
1: So let's go back to some of those thoughts that, that were shared at the preseason dinner. Uh, Coach Jankovic said Kendrick Davis was the best on ball defender he has seen during his time at SMU. And that's very high praise Mm -hmm. given some of the talent that's, that uh, has come through here. I uh, talked about Charles Smith being the best of the first year players. So, very interesting and I think you saw that a little bit in the first couple of games. And let's get to the game recaps. Let's let's get right to it.
0: We'll fly through them real quick. So the first one was November 5th, Jacksonville State at home. Um that was one that was we had to go there early, make sure we get our snow cone. I got I'll tell you I got in trouble afterwards cuz that boy was Hyped up off of that snow cone, didn't go to sleep till like eleven o'clock that night. It was not good, but we were twelve and a half point favorites, and uh, the reported attendance there was four thousand and ten, and that is extremely generous based on what I I saw. And really, it was it was just fun to see people. I really liked seeing uh, Smith out there. One thing that really struck me is he seems very focused on defense, which I think is great for a guy first year out there trying to just earn minutes and be a role player. Um, I don't know if it was. His nerves and him just like trying to make sure he knows what's going on and can keep up, but he seemed really focused on defense, and I really appreciated seeing that out the gate.
1: Yeah, I think the only really I I have two uh, memories of freshmen playing their first game, and the first one was was Shake Milton in twenty fourteen, man, up in Oklahoma, who who looked looked the parts, and then uh, Ethan Shagwa as a freshman. I remember he had a really nice debut in his first game. So, yeah, great to see Charles Smith uh, getting off to a good start. And on
0: top of that, I mean, we had Tyson Jolly, Benamel starting too, but but Tyson Jolly had a heck of a game. I think he made honor roll just off of that game uh on its own.
1: Yeah, let's look at Tyson Jolly's stat line. 21 points, 8 rebounds, and 2 steals. Uh really really good debut for Tyson Jolly. He's going to be a lot of fun to watch and and my through the first couple of games what I've noticed is, I I think he is going to be the alpha that really this team didn't have the past two years. He is very clearly stepped yeah. into that role. He's got the experience. He has the personality for it. He wants the ball. He rebounds as well for a guard as
0: certainly anybody in the past two or three years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and he's he's just fun to watch. Like you said, he he's got the attitude. He's he's there is no lack of confidence there, and I love it. I mean, shooters shoot. So it's great seeing him come in here and just taking that alpha role out the gate. We also got Mike there with 14 points and five boards. We got to see some consistent contribution out of him this season, like we did. There were several game stretches last year mm-hmm. where he was doing his thing, but he's going to have to be one of our our big guys. Hunt with a 13 and nine. Man, there's some great moments with Faron uh, in these first five games, but I'm I'm just as excited this year as I was last year to see him. I think he's going to be huge. Yeah, this he's, season. he's
1: very improved. Just needs to play with some discipline.
0: And then Ethan with 10 points and six. Again, he hasn't been the breakout player he was uh, early out the gate, but we'll see if he can be a consistent piece to our victories.
1: Yeah. Final score, 74-65 SMU. So another uh, home opening win.
0: Get the dub, man.
1: And uh, next game, SMU had to wait a week to play the second game, uh, home game versus New Orleans on Tuesday, November 12th.
0: And I'm not uh, going to lie, Kyle, I had pretrial deadlines due that week, so uh, I didn't see any of this game. I got the stats I read about it after the fact, but uh, I wasn't able to watch it live.
1: Yeah, I got the stats. So New Orleans, I read going in, is the favorite in the Southland Conference this year. So uh, potential challenge. I, I remember last year SMU mm-hmm. being tripped up in the second Home game. I, I believe it was Southern Miss. So you're just kind of wondering.
0: Oh, I was there. That was sad. Yeah, that, just, that was just like, oh, so that's what this season's gonna look like. Okay. Yeah.
1: So you really wanted to see. Okay, you got the first game out of the way. Uh, what is this? And, and this, this second game, really was. It was a, bit, a bit of a struggle. I only shot 26 percent from three. But. Overall, field goal shooting percentage, 47.5%. Pretty good. Held New Orleans. What's even to,
0: better when the other side hits 35%. 35%. I mean, that's, yeah. So,
1: uh, final score here, 77-64. Isaiah Mike leads the scoring with 22 points, 8 rebounds. Tyson Jolly, 20 points and 4 boards. But, so.
0: But look at this. Look at this. Farron Hunt, 14 points, 13 rebounds.
1: Yeah, absolute animal in this game. And then CJ White with
0: 5 assists off the bench. I love it. I mean, make a contribution where you can, man.
1: Yeah, and I I still think again C.J. White is 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 going to be a bench a bench guy. He can be solid. Give him a few minutes, but uh, yeah, I I wonder when that this to me he he's kind of the guy that all right Kendrick Davis being eligible now Darius McNeil still waiting on his mm-hmm. waiver. H- his minutes are probably the ones that are going to be slowly reduced over time.
0: At, at least a large portion yeah, and so I mean it's I I don't want to write him off. I do see that there is a pretty clear ceiling for him just based on what we've seen uh over his time here with the program.
1: All right. So SMU starts 2 and 0. We move on to Jackson State. So we have Jacksonville State and Jackson State.
0: We got the the states. We'll get some directional schools coming up here. We're just going to just hopefully get some wins to help us when it comes time for yeah, the journey. Just,
1: just get just this team just needs to get some confidence, get their feet under them. And, they, and they've done exactly that. So we'll, we'll go through this one quickly. It was an 80 to 63 win
0: for SMU. Look at the three point. We got, we're shooting 50 percent from three, which is fantastic. And the one thing I love, this is going to be so important in some of these close games, especially in conference free throw. We're shooting 92.6 percent of that. We got Mike shooting eight of eight or sorry mike had 9 of 9 hunt had 8 of 8 uh, and that's just going to be massive you got to hit those those free sh- free throws yeah i think
1: games. that was the biggest takeaway from the stats here is the 25 of 27 free throw shooting and which which we've seen we've just seen a lot of inconsistency the past couple seasons so and, it was and, good to see
0: we may see some more this season and, and yeah it's,
1: it's it's still a very young season but uh once again isaiah mike leads the team in scoring 24 points seven rebounds seven assists
0: i mean if this if he had a couple more misses game we're getting close to like a luca stat line right there we almost got the <laughs> triple double going. i don't
1: know luca what luca's doing right now is really special I, I really I, I think he's the uh really would love to see him in a mavs uniform his whole career kind of like dirk but this is an SMU podcast. Uh, let, let's talk about Isaiah Mike for a minute because I think he's he's an upperclassman now. He's he's one of the more veteran guys in the program, and really a lot of the preseason storyline for him was him stepping up as a leader and kind of the, the the another guy that SMU can can count on night after night. So I think really it's him him and Tyson Jolly so far carrying the bulk of the scoring.
0: When what was huge for me last year when we saw that he actually developed that three point shot. That was just a huge weapon he has uh, now that that someone with his size, I think that really made him a lot more dangerous.
1: Absolutely. And he given his his size and physicality, I I think it's really for me a balance between his three point shooting and his ability to get to the baskets and finish in traffic and and really going to look for that from him this season.
0: So here we got Jolly's third game. He's hitting 17 and seven. and It's just like not a big deal anymore. It's just kind of like I mean like like I'm not comparing him to Nick Moore but it's like when Nick would hit these crazy stat lines where we're like yeah yeah Nick's going to do Nick kind of things you know
1: Exactly and again for a guard to be getting 7 or 8 rebounds a game I don't know if that says more about Tyson Jolly just having a nose for the ball or just hey the big men need to hit the boards a little bit harder but yeah I, I love his game just just love how he is how, how again how he's just stepping up as as a guy who who demands the ball And just all all over the floor. And uh, yeah, really putting up great numbers.
0: And so, a couple other stats there. We got Ethan with nine, and then all three of these guys got eight points Uh, Bandamel, Ray. It's good to see Ray play. And then Hunt as well. And and Kyle, we were talking about Bandamel kind of before we we, uh, started recording this. And and Kyle's excited to see Bandamel this year.
1: Yeah, I I would say I had him listed as the biggest surprise so far this season, and and Brent and I kind of disagree on this. I know Brent is not quite as bullish on him as I am, but I, I see a little bit of Ryan Manuel in his game, uh, given you know his his length and uh, just again not not at Ryan Manuel's level. Ryan Manuel was a phenomenal athlete, but 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 I think B- Bandumel can be a solid guy off the bench for a couple years. I, I think certainly better. Than the the bench production we've had the past two seasons. Not saying much there. Well,
0: Kyle, I don't know if you know this. This is the first time we've had you know we can play five on five as well in practice. We have a full bench. We have, we're out of excuses. So, so. I,
1: I I'm just excited. Given that he was he was such an unknown. I think he was probably the most unknown of the new players coming into the season. Was, and I was, I've been pleased with him so far.
0: Was he the guy who committed like around the final four or some some sometime? It was out of nowhere. I yeah, mean, he competed in the final Billy, four. Played
1: us. at a, a kind of an obscure junior. There just wasn't a lot of uh, really material on him. Played his junior college was a little bit obscure, and he he's he's from Canada originally, so it's not like there was a lot of material on him from his high school days. So, anyway, good good pickup. Just excited to see if if he can develop into a, a more valuable piece this season.
0: And if you didn't listen last episode, you'll you want to go back and check the Carter Effect. You'll learn about the influence that uh, amazing basketball players like Vince Carter and just progressive uh, leaders of the industry like Drake have had on Canadians who play basketball. Go Canada. Go Canada. So on to Evansville. This was an away game, the first game of a home-and-home home series on Monday, November 18th. Uh, because this game was scheduled, I am now the proud owner of a Disney Plus and ESPN Plus bundle. So... Thanks for scheduling that. I'll just sign up for $13 a month for the rest of my life.
1: It's coming to the Snyder house too. I, I This just, it's a very attractive uh, TV subscription. Got to
0: have Disney well, you plus. Get the, you get the Hulu too. So it works out.
1: But the biggest storyline here was that Evansville uh, prior to this game upset Kentucky as a 25 point
0: underdog. Yeah, that's a big deal. All right, <laughs> for sure. Beating a blue blood like Kentucky, but uh, yeah. So the purple aces have had a pretty great season so far. And like I said, this is the first game of a home-and-home home series. This was a very close and very ugly game. Um, there was a lot of sloppy basketball played, for sure. Yeah, so that uh, under seven minutes left, Evan, Evansville is up
1: 47-44. And then this game came down to really the last the last five seconds were were pretty bonkers. With uh, the game being 58-57, Evansville hits a three. And then the end sequence, it looks like, if I remember correctly, SMU got two or three offensive rebounds. Tyson Jolly finally gets fouled and hits one of two free throws at the end for SMU to
0: survive with a 59-57 win. Survive is a great way to put it. It was just another game. I I love seeing them pull out a tough game, for sure. Uh, Well, it's built some character early on. uh, But, but, I mean, a loss to Evansville is not going to do much for us when it comes uh, March. No, so.
1: and, and the fact that we're even talking about what these wins or losses might do in March, uh, certainly a lot of optimism there. But uh, let's look at the stats: thirty-seven percent from the floor, slightly better than Evansville, but twenty-four percent the games. Yeah, twenty-four yeah, percent from three. Biggest stat here was the rebounding advantage: forty-seven to twenty-five in SMU's favor. And
0: so you see that you got to think we should be, I mean, borderline blowing them out with those kind of board differentials, but but we got to shoot better. And then also, it, what, what doesn't help us when you have 21 fouls and they only have 13. Uh, and there, there may have been just some influence from the crowd there on a couple of those calls for sure. But again, Tyson Jolly doing his thing, 15 points, seven boards, including uh, you know that at least one of those two free throws at the end. Uh, Ethan with 15 points. Mike, nice double-double with 11 and 13 boards. Hunt, almost a double-double, nine points, 11 boards. And then CJ White making the most of it here. you got 26 minutes, and in that, seven points, six boards. Yeah, so, so, so was, we get out of Evansville with a dub. That's the most important thing.
1: Yeah, good, good road win in an unfamiliar city, an unfamiliar building, and yeah, obviously with with a lot of the attention around Evansville having beaten Kentucky, um, really solid win. So, by the transitive property, SMU now is uh, is ahead of Kentucky on the ladder. I oh, exactly. It.
0: So, and if you watched it too, you got to enjoy just annoying hometown announcing crew. Uh, that's going to be the first time we'll probably discuss that. Uh, actually, next one right here. UNLV. We had another interesting announcing crew there. That was... Uh, if you, I'd never watched a game on Stadium, uh, whatever that Stadium property is. It was on Facebook. I watched it on Facebook yeah. Live. Uh, I was at a hotel and streamed it up there. And, and it was Doug Gottlieb was calling the game though, man. right? Man forget that guy I mean if y'all if y'all watching Twitter when that was going on let's, just, let's get this out of the way uh there he went on this big rant about how it's just wrong how these these selfish kids uh who are all short-term only they want to go in there and they, think they should when they should transfer someone else think they had the right to play immediately he's like when they go there when they go to that school they sign a contract they're saying a contract saying we're gonna work for you I'm like bro let's think about this for a minute like Are the coaches all under that same contract? Do the coaches have to stay there for X amount of years?
1: Well, and it's funny because Doug Gottlieb himself transferred when he was a college player. I believe Oklahoma State, Notre Dame. I think he got in some trouble. But but Kyle, what's
0: the rush? What's the rush? Just sit out a year and you can be a better player and be more well-rounded and be an athlete and a a scholar because that's what this is all about, right? Yeah. Reality bites, Doug. Oh, man. same. we got the black anthracite jerseys again. (laughs) Back to this. I haven't seen these in a while. I thought
1: it was it was black, the black jersey. There's a difference.
0: Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Black and
1: anthracite. I are didn't get different. to
0: see it in person. It was it was black. It's the one where it's hard to see what number is on their jersey because they're both so dark. <laughs> anyway, whatever, whatever. So uh, another thing, I'm I'm almost done complaining about Doug Gottlieb. Maybe, but uh, on it was on Stadium on Facebook. There were no commercials, so that means throughout the whole timeout, you have them just like small talking, wearing their polos and jeans and it just really got to me. Anyway, this was Kendrick Davis's debut. KD is here.
1: Yes. So the biggest news is that Kendrick Davis and I I read on Twitter that his his waiver they found out during practice that his waiver had been approved. And, and you then, saw the video, right? He, yes, I did. That, that's where I saw. There was another story, though. Uh, might have been Billy Embody or one of the, the 24-7 guys that said apparently he had to go. He had to leave practice immediately and uh-huh. go pack his bag because he did not have a bag packed to go to UNLV. <laughs> so good for him. Well,
0: and it's amazing there, too, that he was denied 10 days ago and they had to the appeal. And actually, TCU wrote a letter uh, for him.
1: Yeah, that that was the most shocking part of this yes. whole thing is that TCU actually supported and maybe that says something there about about Jamie Dixon and that coaching staff that all right, look, there's no reason to deny his eligibility even though we we basically ran him out of our program. Yeah, it's fine that he's eligible. So, let's talk about Kendrick Davis. Kendrick Davis is really good at basketball.
0: Man. Man, I'm so excited. I didn't know what I didn't know I should have been this excited.
1: When you can come off of a waiver, or come off of this sort of uncertainty. Come off season, of not playing. Not playing, and immediately step into the starting lineup on the road against a, a pretty respectable opponent in, in UNLV. We'll, we'll we'll get to the end result here. Let's talk about the game. Uh, tied 13-13 with 12 minutes left in the in the first half. SMU goes on a late run.
0: They go on a 7-0 run. The team scores a little bit. They come on an 8-0 run, and it's it's amazing. And then Fraun Hunt is just throwing it down over and over here. I don't like Gottlieb, I like when he said "Faron Hunt is putting on a show." So that was that was it was nice. It was nice, man. He was doing great. Oh, and then I'm I'm, I'm not done with Gottlieb. I lied. So I'm at the hotel with my wife, and we listening to it. And he goes talks about SME and how hard it is to get into SME. He's like, "Yeah," and I heard they have a pretty good MRS degree there too. And Liz goes, "Wow, I didn't know you could say that on TV." She's pretty upset, man. She's pretty, pretty upset.
1: As as she should be, as she should be. 20, 38-28 uh, halftime score there. Second half, 14 minutes left, Isaiah Mike picks up his fourth foul.
0: Yeah, he's in foul trouble early, but the good news is, as as they announced, they can't guard Kendrick Davis, and he knows it. He hits a contested deep three, a couple posi- possessions later, hits another three. Eight minutes left, we are up four. And then there's a great play, I love seeing this from Farron Hunt, Um, this is like a lesson for, for kids going forward, never give up. So he gets blocked by a big man and immediately runs full speed down the lane, down to the other side of the court and returns the favor, just blocks their center as he thinks he's got an easy layup. Uh, it was, it was a thing of beauty, man. Love it. So about five minutes left. It's a very close game. Uh, this is this play, this really frustrated me. And I, I, don't, I don't like this strategy. This is like the Kobe play where you... The James Harden. Oh, don't... <laughs> Shots fired. Don't get me started with James Harden. But, but it's, the, it's the play where you do the pump fake and then jump into the defender and you get your three free throws. Now, and, and I don't love the play, but, but what Kendrick did, he did the pump fake. Big man went up. He ju- Kendrick jumped into him while, while the defender was moving forward to him. And then Kendrick fell back after the contact. Instead of three free throws, they say, no, Kendrick gets a foul for flopping. Turnover, UNLV ball. And I have never seen that play called that way. I've seen that play go up when they're like, bro, you didn't get fouled. Yeah, no no foul
1: call. Sure.
0: But that was crazy.
1: Yeah, calling a foul on the offensive player. I've never seen that before either. But that, that was a critical play. Thankfully, SMU closes it out late with an Isaiah Mike three and a breakaway layup. Uh, comment here that better ball control when trying to break the press. And this has been an issue for a few years now. So really the the biggest thing they need to improve because we're going to see a lot of pressure defense when conference play gets Yeah,
0: yeah. So so something to work on, something to see going forward. So team stats, oh, we win the game, 72-68. And they actually, uh, UNLV hit a three right as time expired. So it it was that close to being a a one-point game. And if, if we miss some of those free throws at the end of the game, they get the shot off half a second earlier. We're looking at losing the game We're going to OT. So anyway, team stats, uh, turnovers tied at 10, rebounds, we lose. Uh, we only had 27, they had 36. Field goal, luckily, we had 50% from the field. And uh, we had a lot more fouls, 20 to their 14. The good thing there, like I said, free throws, shooting 12 for 12. That's what I love. And, of course, the player of the game here is going to be Kendrick Davis. 21 points, nine
1: boards, four assists in his SMU debut. Wow. Again, just cannot say enough about how positive this was for just for the team, for Kendrick individually having to deal with the uncertainty how of his waiver.
0: How this should be for the fan base, too. This is huge, y'all. Yeah.
1: So SMU is 5-0. and oh, And and I think, look, we, we were very hard on this team and this coaching staff last season, the offseason, justifiably so. But look, there there is something here, and yes, the non-conference schedule so far has not been anything to to really shout about. But they've won two very tough road games. Really, you got Georgetown coming to Moody on December seventh. You have Georgia on the road. Uh, you have Vanderbilt on the road coming up. So you Jerry really have yeah, Jerry Stackhouse, head coach of Vanderbilt, and then man, this this conference is is pretty wide open right now. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's clear that Memphis is the most talented team and
0: how how long has Wise been out now? Is it twelve games? Twelve games. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah twelve games. And I'm interested to see also what, what Cincinnati does with the coaching change Uh, Yeah, so I think there's a
1: lot of uncertainty with Cincinnati. Uh, USF lost Alexis Yetna for the season Mm -hmm. to a shoulder injury. USF was uh, really picked very high, picked picked to finish very high in the conference. We know Houston's going to be good. We know Wichita State is going to be really good and well coached. Temple's got some talent. So so again, I'm not changing my prediction from last episode of still seeing SMU in that kind of fifth to sixth line right now. However, that doesn't mean that, that SMU can't uh, be in the mix with those top four or five teams, and maybe you get a chance to knock off a few of them at Moody. But, but again, I, I think just having, having the expectation that this team will be competitive in conference is, is a reasonable thing to, to go into the new year with, with that expectation.
0: Let's put it this way. I'm feeling a lot better right now than I was, you know, at the end of last season. Absolutely. Going forward. No question. We got a lot of momentum. So so for those of y'all who are in town around Thanksgiving break, we have a nice uh, Thanksgiving sandwich Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. We have a home game versus Hartford. And then the day after on Friday, we have Abilene Christian. Both those are at Moody. Um, if whether they have season tickets or not, I bet you could probably find some pretty reasonably priced tickets on StubHub if you're around town. And, and that's it for the episode, guys. Thank you all for joining us. We'll be back at you um, pretty soon, but, but please leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on SoundCloud as well. Shout out to the preacher of the gospel of, yay, Elliot Mayen on the ones and twos. Good morning, good afternoon, good night. Whenever you're listening, however you're listening, thank you, we appreciate you, and gobble gobble. Yeah, and I heard they have a pretty good MRS degree there, too. And <laughs> Liz goes, wow, I didn't know you could say that on TV.